0: Hello, Internet, and welcome to a podcast all about Twilight. I'm here to answer all the questions you never asked and take a deep dive into the Twilight universe. I'm your host, Grace, and this is to my chagrin. I think that the first time she was ever let out was after she produced this masterpiece. And then they're like, okay, now go, go to the world. Kind of, like, the Poot Lovato theory. <laughs> and then we go to chapter 18, The Hunt. This is where the three vampires that have been foreshadowed a little bit, I think, like, very little.
1: Um, yeah, so that's something I noticed pacing wise. Mm-hmm. The main antagonist, I guess, of this book, like, shows up fully so late in the game.
0: Uh huh. It, yeah, these, this is like, I learned recently that there's like a pretty popular conviction of storytelling where the climax is supposed to come like at the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she definitely took that very seriously. We are on page 376 out of how many? There's, I'm flipping through, I'm flipping through 490 something. So like there's barely 100 pages left and she just introduces big bad evil guy. <laughs> she, um, This is where the Bella always describes them all as beautiful which I totally get. Like that's part of the like vampire appeal. But there's like more frightening aspects to them that I think she could have focused in on. Um, mm-hmm. But I think she's definitely kind of completely like head over heels for vampirism in general. So it doesn't quite matter to her that they're frightening until It does, you know? So she describes um, the men and woman who walk into the field. The first one is, she says, was easily the most beautiful, his skin olive-toned beneath the typical pallor, his hair glossy black. He was muscly, but it was nothing in compared to Emmett. The woman was wilder, her eyes shifting restlessly between the men facing her and the loose grouping around me. Her hair was chaotic, and the second male hovered unobtrusively behind them. Slight, slighter than the leader his light brown hair and regular features both nondescript his eyes though completely still somehow seemed the most vigilant so she's kind of paying attention to the way they carry themselves too but everything kind of feels like it's filled with a little bit more fear and i think it would have been at elevated if she had mentioned how like unwelcoming they look In compared Mm -hmm. to the Cullens, you know? Um, She does mention that they do have a deep burgundy eye color that was disturbing and sinister, and that comes at the end before they all start to talk. So we have Laurent and Victoria and James, and Victoria and James are partners, and Laurent is kind of just with them as their de facto leader, I suppose. We find out a little later that James is the real leader, and Laurent is just kind of...
1: I found that interesting.
0: Yeah, he's just kind of taking up the leader. Go on.
1: For a while, I was very afraid they were going to make one of the, like, three people of color in this the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But they kind of do a fake out.
0: They do. I think what's even worse is, like, they had to really fight for him to actually be be portrayed as a person of color in the movie. Um, she also wanted him to be a white guy. All right, so
1: <laughs> even the characters for People of Color in the book, she was like, they got to be white.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Like, she doesn't believe Olive Skin is a person of color, I guess. The same thing happened. Sorry, I love YA novels and their adaptations. The same thing happened with Katniss. Like, she was described as, like, someone with olive skin and, like, dark hair. Like, she should have been indigenous or something, you know? Anyway. Different rant for a different time. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a kind of good fake out, in my opinion. Like this guy who's the leader is even afraid of James, who ends up being like the real bad guy. Yeah, this this entire
1: section, I think it builds tension pretty well.
0: Yeah, I think that's like one thing, and I think that's also why it makes it a really fast read, is it's just go, 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 go. Like, tensions are really high. There's not even a moment of pause for the next quite few chapters.
1: I also find the Predator imagery, very interesting. Mm-hmm. How both the Cullens and this new group have a lot of predator, like, connotated language to describe them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the one of them is a feline. It uh, says they're, like, two predators of the same species sizing each other up.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's what's really interesting is that all of the vampires are always described as, like, the killer whales, the predator, the the jaguar and like humans like bella they're the seals they're the prey they're squirrels i guess i don't know what jaguars hunt um (laughs) definitely not squirrels but you you get it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but it's just it's it's a way to show that they're dangerous i think and i wish that it would bother bella more
1: yes because it's strange that she's the one making these observations but doesn't seem to process them. It's mm-hmm. like, both of these groups of vampires seem like predators, but I'm only nervous around one of them.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's the one that's directly threatening her, but all of them are a threat in some way, mm-hmm. you know? Like that's just how it's always going to be. That's what Billy is warning about. And that's what Edward warns her about all the time. He's like, You are a temptation to me. Like being this close to you is difficult. And she goes, Oh, so you think I'm ugly? Like, that's not what he means. <laughs> <laughs> like this whole time, she's like, Oh, I'm just not good enough. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. And I'm like, that's not what he means, Bella. He wants to drink your blood. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so there's that little standoff between James and Edward. Um, and I have
1: one question about this Uh section. What does it mean to have a distinctly feline posture?
0: A distinctly feline posture? What do you
1: envision with that description?
0: (sighs) I imagine them kind of like hunched a little bit, leaning in towards each other, like baring their teeth. You know how like when cats first meet each other and they do that little growl and they both kind of like arch their back? I'm kind of imagining that, like they're ready, Whoever attacks first isn't gonna. The other person is not gonna be surprised because they're also mm. like right there on their toes.
1: Okay, that makes more sense than what I was thinking, which really is that like, she was like uh-huh. rubbing against their legs.
0: <laughs> I think that that would be so awkward. <laughs> that was a very funny thought. <laughs> With this, Edward and James kind of have that standoff that is broken up by Laurent and Carlisle, kind of. Emmett kind of puts his big, scary body in between everyone. Uh, And the more they talk about Edward just being this huge guy, the more I understand, like, or not, what am I calling him? Emmett. Um, (laughs) the The more I notice, like, Emmett being this huge guy, the more I understand, like, Charlie being like, uh, isn't he too old for you? Because he probably looks like he's, like, 26 or something.
1: Does he get an exact height in this?
0: I think they're all around like six foot tall, except for the girls. They're like I think Esme is the shortest, around like five six or something like that. And Rosalie is supposed to be really tall too, like five eight. And I think Edward is like six one and Emmett's supposed to be a little taller than him. And Jasper and Carlisle about supposed to be about the same height. But I don't think they gave that to us. I think that's just my personal knowledge. <laughs>
1: these are their personalities lead you to think they have these heights
0: oh for sure like Bella 52 max <laughs>
1: <laughs> or whatever height makes it make sense for her to able be able to fit her arm over her head
0: uh, yes Twilight height chart ooh we're going down this rabbit hole fanpop.com so Edward is 6 two Bella is five four Jacob is six seven that's huge what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Emet. I feel like what happened is that they made Edward like beyond the maximum of mm-hmm. average height.
0: Mm-hmm. And they were
1: like, Edward, sorry. And then with Jacob, they're like, well, Jacob's got to be taller. Yeah. <laughs> so let's make him something that one in 10,000 high schoolers would be.
0: <laughs> yep. They have Emmett at six foot five. Rosalie at 5'9". I was right there. Um, Oh, Alice, she's tiny. She's 4'10". I remember that like being like canonical, like her being just like this tiny little sprite. Do you
1: think this speaks to your theory that Stephanie Meyer hasn't met women or hasn't met people before?
0: (laughs) Yes, I think it does. I don't think I think that the first time she was ever let out was after she produced (laughs) this masterpiece. (laughs) And then they're like, okay, now go, go to the world. (laughs) kind of like the poot lovato theory you remember that one
1: i'm I'm not familiar with that
0: oh my gosh it's like this terrible photo of demi lovato back when they were like um kind of like a teen and or like earlier 20s i think and it's like this paparazzi photo that's just like overexposed and everything and everyone's like oh this is demi lovato's twin sibling who was never let out um (laughs) It was just like this complete, terrible internet theory that (laughs) there was a Poot Lovato who is Demi's twin who lived in the basement their whole life. It's so not funny, but it's so funny.
1: Say this. If Twilight was Stephanie Meyer's ticket to freedom from a dungeon, (laughs) then I think that makes it a lot more compelling.
0: Yes. (laughs) That
1: explains many of the choices made in it.
0: It explains so many choices. Um, but, okay, Alice is 4'10", Jasper is 6'3", which is huge. Esme is 5'6", so around Bella's height, and Carlisle is 6'2".
1: Where are the 5'11 guys in this book? Where's my representation?
0: <laughs> Nobody's allowed to be 5'11". <laughs> Goodness gracious, this place is...
1: <sighs> when you become a vampire, do you just... Like, grow high heels out of your feet?
0: Oh, for sure. You grow a couple inches taller. You have permanent makeup on. Your hair is always the same. Is that part of the...
1: Because being a vampire is supposed to make you more attractive to attract prey, right? Do you think Mm -hmm. it literally adds height to you?
0: Maybe. Like, tall people are sexy. That's the
1: (laughs) Are we Are we blowing this open?
0: (laughs) You can say. (laughs) Yeah. uh, interesting okay what a weird thing to have Um, their heights so they have that little standoff they get separated and everyone is like on edge and like running away Um, Edward and Alice and Emmett all go one direction and Carlisle and Rosalie and Esme and Jasper all go another direction with Laurent, at least. I don't know if James and Victoria really follow. Um, and Edward starts driving away frantically in some random direction. And it takes Bella quite a real- while to realize that she is not being taken home. I don't know why she thought she would be taken home, but <laughs> when she realizes that, she starts to kind of freak out. Um, they, She is trying to convince Edward to take her home so that she can like keep Charlie safe um and he's really just not he's not having it um and I think what's really interesting is just kind of this sibling relationship Edward is the oldest vampire wise like he was the first one to join them so he's the oldest sibling even though he's the youngest age wise uh when they were turned um and but so he definitely has like I'm the older brother. I make the decisions. You guys listen to me energy right now in the car. Emmett and Alice are, like, kind of pretty quiet while a lot of this is going on, you know? They have kind of a moment or so of back and forth, and I think it's pretty clear here that Alice kind of has a vision that Edward is kind of forced to listen to. Um, Because, you know, like, when Alice has a vision, like, it's just... It's basically fact, and he tries to convince himself that it's not all the time, because sometimes it makes him unhappy, but when somebody has made a decision and Alice's vision comes through, it's basically happening, you know?
1: And as an older sibling myself, mm-hmm. that would, I, w- I would not enjoy it if either of my younger brothers could predict slash set the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I think if my younger brother Got to tell me what to do all the time. I would be so upset.
1: I'm sorry to my brothers if they listen to this.
0: (laughs) I hope your brothers listen to this. That would make me so happy. (laughs) But uh, Bella, I guess, convinces him to take her home. They come up with this plan. And this whole thing just makes me so... The next section is just going to make me so depressed. So they finally turn around they get it to the driveway and edward tells her he's like you you cannot let anything happen to you like i'm i'm gonna lose my mind like you have to be safe and she's like i'll be fine i'll be fine um and they come up with this plan and she goes inside to where charlie is waiting for her before get what... to that
1: there, there's one question i'd like to ask yeah on page 381 near the bottom does it imply that the Collins have dealt with the fbi
0: before oh for sure (laughs) because it says i won't you have to take me back charlie will call the fbi they'll be all over your family carlisle and esme they'll have to leave to hide forever and he's like calm down bella we've been there before they have definitely had to deal with the law before um (laughs) you can't last like hundreds of years right and not especially because like their pictures exist now you know mm-hmm. and there's probably pictures of them and people are like i'm sure there were some conspiracy theorists that reported them to the fbi and were like look at them they're immortals um that type of thing i would love to see like edward
1: is probably dan cooper
0: <laughs> i would love to see the cullens during like the satanic panic and like what the world did to deal with them I think that would be like a hilarious spinoff. Um, but yeah, he definitely like, he's like, ah, we've been through it all, Bella. You're, this isn't anything new to us. Um, so that was interesting to me. But we get to chapter 19. Sorry, not Dan
1: Cooper, DB Cooper. DB Cooper. Yes.
0: Oh, I believed you. The Cooper is recognizable, so that's why I, I put in all the details.
1: I'll save you from the thousands of comments that my mistake would, would bring in.
0: Oh, yeah, thousands and thousands. All the hate mail would be coming our way. It would be wonderful. But, yeah, this part just... So this whole section is her trying to, like, convince Charlie to let her go. Um, and, like, packing her bags and... Pretending she got into a fight with Edward and she's going back to him. made her. me Da-da. so sad. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is heartbreaking. But you know what makes me, what's even more overpowering than the heartbreak is the anger I feel when mm. I realize that Renee has told her exactly how she left her dad. And it makes me so angry because she's like she comes in and she's talking to charlie and she's like i can't be here anymore i hate this place like i'm gonna get stuck here just like my mom the stupid old town and like she leaves by using the same line that her mom did she says let me find it real quick it's messed up it is so terrible she goes just let me go, Charlie. I repeated my mother's last words as she'd walked out the same door so many years ago. I said them as angrily as I could manage, and I threw the door open. It didn't work out okay. I really, really hate forks. Um, And she- <sighs> why does she know the exact words her mom used to leave her dad? Like, this just, like, reminds me, like, she doesn't, How- like...
1: Mm-hmm. How old was she when... The breakup happened? She again? was
0: a baby. Oh. oh my God. She was a baby. So she didn't witness the it. Happened. She did not witness it. So her mom told her that? Her mom told her it. Ah,
1: it's so weird.
0: Her mom told her the story of leaving her dad and not just saying, like, oh, I didn't really like Forks. I had to leave. She, like, probably reenacted it. She was like, I stormed out the door and I said, Charlie, let me go. And Bella just, like, consumed that and kept it in her brain and now she's using it against her father
1: there's so many layers to this
0: and there's so many layers. terrible layers to terrible it. layers, <laughs> terrible a- layers. Pain this. pain and just... suffering oh my god i am there's like this faction of the twilight fandom that's like ah renee was a good mom to like renee was a terrible mom i am on the renee was a terrible mom side because who tells their child like the exact words they say when they're leaving their father especially like Mm -hmm. charlie wasn't abusive or anything like that she left because she was unhappy with the town not because she hated charlie and so them just like so, her just like retelling the story all the time to get her to hate forks and everything. And it's pretty evident that Renee has like spent a lot of her time just trying to convince Bella, You don't really like forks all that much, it's boring there, it's terrible. Like, before she left on the plane, she goes, Are you sure you want to go? It's so wet there, and like most of the time. Bella like spent a couple summers in Forks and then when she was like 10 she told Charlie like she was like I'm never going back to Forks so you have to come down to visit me that type of thing. and it's just like I don't know it's just like is another level of this is absolutely terrible <sighs> frustrating this part this whole section makes me so sad
1: so I look exactly like Charlie does in the movies
0: <laughs> yes and
1: I think uh, that has caused me to view him with even more sympathy and I would probably already <laughs> get him And uh, we're not video chatting, but I'm wearing Mm -hmm. a green flannel uh, to embody him.
0: Oh, my goodness. I love it.
1: (laughs) And I also have a uh, Robert Pattinson t-shirt.
0: You have a what?
1: Okay. There's a lot of layers to this. (laughs) So, you know, Robert Pattinson is Batman now. Yes. There's a podcast that I listen to. Uh-huh. called the weekly planet
0: the weekly planet
1: yes and you know that when ben affleck was batman
0: uh-huh his
1: nickname was batfleck
0: uh-huh
1: so they the uh the podcast was theorizing on what robert pattinson's batman name should be no and they were torn between Rob bat pattinson and robert pattinson so they <laughs> <Robert> chose both
0: <laughs> rob bat pattinson yes oh my goodness that's what my
1: t-shirt says <laughs> I, I will send you a picture
0: I'm gonna need pictures of this um it's
1: <laughs> and between this podcast and the movie coming out like two weeks ago mm-hmm. is the most relevant this shirt will ever be
0: oh for sure <laughs> I
1: and also we got to talk about the baseball scene where it uses a bat
0: yes oh my god so many together. layers
1: <laughs> so many terrible layers <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness um but yeah you do have the charlie mustache which i think is so funny like it looks good on you, I just, you. <laughs> I just think it's so funny like that mustache is like come back in style you know
1: Left out because it's the most facial <laughs> hair i can grow
0: <laughs> perfect um super fashionable and batman focused all all the layers but so, yeah, she just says these really terrible things to Charlie, and I can just imagine, like, him crying himself to sleep this night, you know? Or not even to sleep. Like, he probably, like, stayed up the whole night. Like, what do I do? Who do I call? How do I? I don't
1: think he's necessarily from an environment where he was taught how to deal with feelings like this. Mm-hmm. So it could be especially challenging for him.
0: Oh, yeah. I think definitely, like, you know, Forks, Washington, they make uh, – they make a lot of like slight um, references to how it's a little bit almost country. I feel like you know, like small town. Everyone has their role, all this stuff. And so, the chief of police, like he's not—he's probably not a crier. Like he's not allowed to feel these emotions when his wife I left forgot him. he was the
1: chief of police. Yeah, chief now I'm of conflicted police. on him. I know. <laughs> how do you betray me, Charlie? <laughs>
0: Uh, he mostly deals with like animals though like he could, if there's a bear that's like attacking people he'll go out and hunt them like there's like almost no instances of him like being an actual police officer in you think old, he, he would have been
1: responsible for taking down Hank the tank
0: Um again. <laughs> is, that in,
1: is that in his juridic- jurisdiction
0: uh, absolutely not <laughs> but if anybody had called him he would have he would have stepped up um <laughs> i know um acab including charlie but also except for charlie you know what i mean
1: (laughs) all charlies are blessed
0: (laughs) All, all charlies are blessed perfect um but this this hurts and i know he was hurt by it there's like no way he is obsessed with bella and even though he's doesn't know how to be with her you know like he spent so many years alone right so most weekends he goes out fishing or he does other things because that's what he's used to and she keeps saying she's like oh I don't really want to spend time together I'm fine you go do your thing and so he does it and so it almost looks like he doesn't really care for her he doesn't want to spend time with her all this stuff but if you like read between the lines you look at what's going on he Is always, like, kind of making comments where he's like, oh, what did you do today? Like, what's going on? Like, how's your life? And it's not, like, small talk. It's, like, him trying to, like, bridge that gap that's so vast between them, you you know?
1: And also, like, he lets her go. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he wants what she wants. I know. He's not going to force her to do anything.
0: I know. I think
1: that's what makes it, like, the most hurtful.
0: He really, like, he does not stop her. Even if he... Even if he doesn't agree with her decisions, he's always like, "Okay, Bella, I trust you. You're smart. I believe you." And then, and then this, you know? Oh my gosh, it hurts! It hurts my heart. <laughs> and then it kind of continues. She like drives away, and Edward like takes her spot, and they drive to the house, and um, she gets scared by Emmett jumping into the bed of her truck. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. Um, And, like, Edward just, like, slapping his hand over her mouth, I think is, like, the funniest image. Because, like, he's, like, a vampire. He has to, like, do that so gently. But I know he wanted to do it, like, so harshly, you know? Um, So I just kind of imagine, like, if he hadn't been super careful, like, her head probably would have, like, caved in in that moment. Like, it's terrible. Um, But uh, he kind of tries to bring it up about small town, blah, blah, blah and she admits she was like that's the same thing my mom said to him when she left him you could say that i was hitting below the belt and edward like swears that he'll forgive her which charlie will charlie loves her but i don't know man
1: like i don't even know if he's angry right now
0: (sighs) he's probably not i don't think think he's just hurt yeah like i don't i don't imagine charlie being angry and upset and all that like Mm -hmm. he seems
1: He seems like a man who internalizes a lot of things.
0: Oh, yeah, and it doesn't like come out in like those kind of evil ways that it can. Mm -hmm. It just he just deals with it on his own.
1: He just continuously walks forward and tries his best.
0: Exactly. It's so sad. um, but yeah, and Edward spends the car ride blaming himself, saying, talking about how he's a tracker, kind of explaining that piece for both the audience and Bella. Um, they kind of talk about her scent, and she's like, "I didn't. I thought I didn't smell the same to others as I do to you." Um, And he admits, like, she doesn't, but she still has a very strong, attractive scent to her. And I don't, I don't know if it's ever fully explained. I have to wait until I reread the rest of the books, but I don't understand why that is.
1: It's a big part of this.
0: Yeah, the, like, um, addicting scent thing. Um, I think there's a little bit of an explanation uh, later in the books. I don't want to talk about it right now. But her in particular, like, I wonder what made her this way you know Arizona Um, sand (laughs) the Arizona sand it smells like cactus juice I suppose and now there's like no choice but to kill James and he talks about how Carlisle won't like it um and then they talk about how to kill a vampire and you tear him to shreds and you burn the pieces um beautiful beautiful quote
1: especially I have a question Uh uh-huh in future movies vampires can be killed by decapitation is that true
0: in the books um, I think the one way to make it so that they don't come alive faster than usual, like, you can probably kill them by, like, stabbing them through the heart, but, but they're just gonna, like, or, like, you can, like, okay, so, sorry. I think with that, like, the decapitation, I think it's more of, like, a visual representation of you have to tear them apart so that they can't move long enough for you to burn them. Um, and it's like yeah. basically like a burning alive process. I think the decapitation is like if you cut off their arms, then they won't be able to use their arms, but they're still going to be able to move around, stuff like that. And so, like, kind of like taking off their head is a little less gruesome than like the arms, the legs, the torso I think that's stuff pretty like interesting. That. you do
1: I do. Um i I think as a whole, the the vampire lore in this is interesting.
0: Uh-huh. and it gets
1: a lot of flack, but I think it's creative. And I think, there's no such thing as like a true vampire canon. Yeah. Like every version is different. Yeah. And I think this one, they try to explain the logic behind like all the weird lore elements, which most works don't try to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it is interesting how a lot of their powers and appearances are, are built to make them more attractive to prey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that's very interesting. There's a unique take on how to kill them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, I think it's not how someone might think this book would end. With a big vampire fight,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, I think that's a really f- way to make it like this isn't just like a romance novel. It's like it's fantasy on top of it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's YA fantasy, and there's real consequences in this world, as opposed to it just being a. Romeo and Juliet story but yeah I think I think the vampire lore is really fun um I think that she does a good job of kind of showing a good amount of it but some of it you do just have to tell um which is Mm -hmm. difficult but she does a good job of like showing a good amount of it the best that she can and just kind of building out this like this is a world where vampires exist where vampire lore is around but it's n- didn't quite get everything right which makes more sense to me than her finding a dracula book and it being the exact thing about vampires mm-hmm. you know
1: or also sometimes you watch a movie where zombies or vampires exist but mm-hmm. nobody knows about them mm-hmm. and that can take you out of it
0: yeah i think that you know like human beings are curious enough that if certain things were like real and around there'd be at least something about it for you to find out about like I don't believe Mm -hmm. that there would be a world where like zombies existed and nobody knew at all like it was Mm -hmm. a complete shock
1: (laughs) and especially in this because the Cullens are not very good at hiding themselves
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so
1: if all vampires are like that then it makes sense that there's information about them on the internet
0: exactly so i i agree i think that's the vampire lore is really interesting and i do like how um bella is like bella asking these questions isn't out of character for her like she wants to know more and so her asking these questions and getting the answers is for the reader's benefit but it was set up successfully
1: yes just for me the only issue is when She's impressed or shocked by the same thing multiple times. Yeah. But other than that, she's a good stand-in for learning about this weird universe.
0: I think so too. But yeah, they have to tear him up and catch him on fire, which I think is interesting. Um, and then they get to the house, and Laurent is there, and it becomes like a little growl session. Um, and Laurent is like, "I don't want to be part of this." Um, I'm going to the Denali tribe, and maybe I can learn about your ways some more, um, which I think is sweet-ish. <laughs> like I, you, hmm?
1: I am shocked that she said Denali and not Mount McKinley.
0: <laughs> What's Mount McKinley?
1: What's uh, my understanding is it's the same area, but one is the native name and one is the, the like white person name.
0: Oh, and
1: recently they've gone to using Denali more as the um. original name
0: yeah maybe that was like i don't think she's from that region i think she's a little further east maybe Um, please fact
1: check this before it gets published and delete that if it was wrong
0: (laughs) no no you're right i don't i searched it to mount mckinley and denali it's the uh it says why was mount mckinley changed to denali in 1980 Uh, momentum continued to favor the name denali after the alaskan National Interest Lands Conservation Act changed the park's name to Denali National Park and Preserve. It's interesting. I think she I think she used the like indigenous name because she had already kind of had like this thought in her head that she respected indigenous tribes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like she had done all this research on the Queluts and like their origins and stuff like that. And so it probably made more sense to her Um, And it probably sounded more mysterious and cool, too,
1: to kind of
0: have, like, continue that. Like, she probably was like, oh, yeah, like, I respect Natives, blah, 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 blah. When that isn't quite true. Like, she does not portray them that well. Um,
1: And saying, I'm going to McKinley.
0: That's that's not very exciting. Yeah, it's probably, and Denali probably sounds just really exciting in comparison to Mm. it all. That's interesting. I've never, I didn't know that. They were like two different places. I think that um, for like a hot minute when I first kind of like heard about the whole like Twilight, Denali, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, the Qualits and the Denali tribe must be like, or Denali area, like must be made up, stuff like that. Um, but they weren't very obviously as I quickly learned. Um, so I love learning new things. Um,
1: I've, I've been to Denali, it's very nice.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. In Alaska. That's
1: cool. I went to a town where a cat used to be the mayor.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love those random, like, towns where, like, animals are their official mayors.
1: Yeah. Although, unfortunately, I went there like three weeks after the cat died.
0: No. That the, probably... the town was in mourning. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine.
1: <laughs> here's like three terms or something, maybe more. Oh, no.
0: That's so sad. Um, <laughs> I guess
1: I'm sorry to bring down the food
0: <laughs> It's okay. Um, so yeah, Laurent goes off to the Denali tribe and um family, whatever they're called. Edward tries to like encourage Rosalie to help them and she gets angry again. And like that's like a really big part of this is like Rosalie is very upset and nothing's gonna like make her not be upset. Even if this girl's life is in danger, she does not care. I take your think...
1: suggestion. Mm -hmm. will you do a weird old-timey vampire names tier list at some point
0: (laughs) weird old-timey vampire names tier list because I
1: I love all the choices in
0: this (laughs) I would love to do that let me write it in my notes app
1: like I've never read Lamont in a book before (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's such a a good YA character name
0: (laughs) I, think, I do think she does, like, a good job at naming characters, except for, you know, the main few, Jacob, Edward, Bella.
1: <laughs> other than the 13 men with the same E names. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, like, some of them are, like, really interesting names, like Jasper and Rosalie and um, some of, like, the other vampires are, like, Aro and Victoria. I think some of these, like... I love that some of them match up to how old these vampires are, mm-hmm. too. And, like, Edward's name makes sense. Like, he was born in, like, 1901, and so I'm sure Edward was the perfect name for a baby boy then. <laughs> but that <laughs> that would be funny. A vampire name tier list. So, yeah, so Rosalie, who's at the top, love her name. Um, <laughs> Actually,
1: I have a cousin named Rosalie.
0: Really? That's so cute. Was she named after Twilight?
1: Not to my knowledge. (laughs)
0: Um, I need you to ask. Actually, you obviously don't have to. But (laughs) Edward and Emmett try and convince Rosalie to kind of help out. And she's just angry about it all, which kind of makes sense um, when we get to learn about Rosalie later in the series. Right now, she just seems like a (laughs) B-I-T-C-H for no reason um and then we end up like esme and bella like switching clothes i think that seems kind of awkward where like esme just like straight up strips and strips down bella and then just like changes real fast um and they didn't even like tell her that's what they were doing they were just like get undressed and she's like huh and it's just like a really awkward <laughs> scene she's just like confused the whole time
1: i love the sentence she handed me something that felt like a shirt yeah (laughs) a a, a funny sentence
0: i think it's funny that like i'm just imagining like bella just closed her eyes at one point and just stopped looking
1: (laughs) very very respectful of her
0: because she is very mormon of her (laughs) very much so she's like oh she's getting naked let me turn around let me close my eyes and just not look um and so they decide to split off, and Esme and Rosalie are going to be taking the truck, and Alice and Jasper are going to take the Mercedes, because of course they have a Mercedes.
1: Um, I love how in the movies it's just a Volvo every time.
0: <laughs> the Volvo, the shiny Volvo. Um, if you look exciting. Up, if you look up the like 2005 Volvo, like it is not an impressive car. And... <laughs> It is not an impressive car. And I mean, it looks like
1: a car that I would drive.
0: Yeah, i'd I'd love it to have it now in twenty twenty two. Not
1: a cool, or exciting one. <laughs> yeah. Looks like, like my, it gets good mileage.
0: Like I have a two thousand five Honda. <laughs> it was probably shiny and new back then too. But yeah, and then their big old Jeep. Carlisle and Edward and Emmett are gonna take and bella kind of realizes that they're making up a hunting party duh. Um, that's what he said they were gonna do alice had another vision where she went like super still and so she kind of saw that james was gonna fall for their trap more or less and then they started to kind of split up and edward went back to bella and she said that he caught her up in his iron grip crushing me to him which is like that feels unco- that seems uncomfortable like he like grabs me really hard and pulls me close like
1: that's weird
0: <laughs> he's not a country since we
1: learned he's a giant
0: yeah he's huge <laughs> um and every time they describe their kiss like it is not like an attractive kiss like this is not like um it says for the shortest second, his lips were icy and hard against mine. That's not a good kiss. No. And I get that they feel like stone, but it's just like really awkward overall, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but just the... Mm-hmm. It's very mechanical sounding.
0: Yeah. Like, m- a lot of these human interactions are very mechanical, and that's what makes it like the most awkward of it all his eyes went blank curiously dead as he turned away and then he left her and they stood there for a little bit and rosalie and esme went out after they got a phone call on the shiny silver razor motorola razor cell phones probably
1: (laughs) (laughs) how many more minutes do you think this took
0: (laughs) i think this took like three minutes altogether you know
1: that's a good amount of minutes back then
0: <laughs> probably and she like they got the be safe whispers and then there was another phone call um and edward revealed that victoria was on esme's trail and they got the car, and Alice came and she politely asked to pick Bella up. She said, May I? And Bella was like, Wow, you're the first person to ask permission. Why are people asking her permission before they touch her? <laughs> like, and why is this the first time she mentioned it?
1: Alice and Charlie are the only good characters in this.
0: Oh, for sure. It's crazy. Like, they're the only two that seem to respect Bella in general. Mm um and have like this genuine like undeterred love for her like alice when they first met like she gave her a kiss on the cheek and charlie has always kind of been like he's her dad you know um and they just have this like un
1: untransactional
0: yeah like un
1: like weird layers to it
0: yeah like she doesn't have to do anything or be a certain way for them to love her she just means a lot to them already, which I think is, like, a really sweet. And I think, like, in the movies, like, Alice and Bella's friendship wasn't really described all that well. Um, but, like, throughout the rest of the books, like, I think that it gets, it's a pretty strong friendship and it's really nice. Um, and so she asks permissions. She lifts her up and they fly out the door. And that's the end of the chapter. And those are the ones reread. It's like a really, I think this as like the climax three chapters you know like the building up to it with the baseball scene like cuz tension was really high with the baseball scene because it was really exciting you know like it got our hearts racing and then it started to get to the point where it's like oh like this is a dangerous heart racing now this is a dangerous tension and now we're kind of starting to go back down again as like things are well we're kind of like in that stagnant area but you know like we're getting close to resolving because there's only like three chapters left we got to resolve at some point Mm -hmm. um and I think that's this was like a really good climax section you know of the books I think that
1: it is exciting and it's mm -hmm. the threat seems very real
0: yeah Like, like
1: I said earlier the tension is built up well
0: yeah I think the fact that the threat is really real and um just kind of everything about this section like Bella's not like oh they'll protect me like she's genuinely worried about herself and everyone around her um and that makes it feel a lot better (laughs) to me than just oh they'll protect me i'm fine etc etc um you know
1: yes she is non-passive about the situation for the most part
0: Uh uh-huh which i think really makes it kind of stick out too as this is dangerous we gotta we gotta be safe.
1: And as much as the Charlie scene hurts me, at least she is considering him. Like, she is clearly worried about his safety. And maybe it's not the best idea what she did, but it was an idea that helped him. Mm-hmm. When she could have just left.
0: Yeah. I think... It, yeah. Because I'm just... I'm grateful that she was kind to Charlie in that way, you know? Like, in that she did that for him. But... Just the fact that she had it in her head at all to be that cruel is crazy.
1: Yeah, she, she thought about that in a really short amount of time.
0: Uh-huh. I'm sure she was like, already considering it. <laughs> maybe. Probably before she met Edward, she was like about to get to that point where she was like, I hate it here. I'm out. Um, but I don't know, man. I think this, these few chapters were juicy. It was very interesting. Um,
1: it goes in a lot of different directions in a short period of time.
0: Oh yeah. Like everything happens so fast. And I think it's part of the vampire and also Stephanie Meyer not understanding that you can pace things a little slower. <laughs> but yeah, any last thoughts?
1: I think like you were saying, this section once you it gets you to want to keep reading. It mm-hmm. it invests you and you you want to know how it ends with this thrilling climax.
0: For sure. I <laughs> I think she definitely could have picked up, like, more foreshadowing or, mm-hmm. like, hints of danger a little bit earlier to keep it more interesting.
1: I guess at the same time, part of why this is compelling is the urgency. Uh-huh. So you can't have... The vampires are so fast acting, it would be very difficult for them to show up, notice her, and then have, like, half the book of them chasing her. Uh-huh. Because that goes against... The speed at which they're supposed to operate at
0: yeah that's very true i think just in my head it would have played out a little more similarly with the movies you know like mysterious deaths humans under seeing that stuff is going on stuff like that stuff that i happened um but was less of
1: that's a good point
0: f- less of the focus um since. In- mm-hmm
1: Uh, her father is the chief of police it's really easy for her to learn about weird stuff that's happening
0: exactly because like they go out to dinner every night they might as well talk about it um and so i think like some of that happened um it was a lot more evident in the movies than the book the book is very focused on i'm in love with edward cullen what am i gonna do to get to him (laughs) Mm-hmm. and um so it's hard to kind of pick up on those smaller details when so much is focused on their relationship building but That that is
1: always the advantage of a movie is that they can show more perspectives
0: oh for sure and they can show
1: information that Bella doesn't know yet
0: exactly which I which I kind of like appreciate in like movies in general I just really enjoy them and so but I do appreciate I love books as well and I just um I think that this is just like kind of evidence of stephanie meyer like she's not a bad writer like i think that she's good at writing what she's writing
1: mm-hmm.
0: um people might not like what she's writing which is totally fine but she's doing it right she's getting us enthralled in the world mm-hmm. so but yeah this was fun it was I enjoyed thank you for being- having me on Of course, I enjoy kind of like their perspective of, I've never read Twilight before, I did this for you, and now (laughs) there's so much to learn. (laughs) I have many questions
1: (laughs) that I'm I'm sure we can discuss in the future.
0: Oh, of course. (laughs) Hi, everyone. This is the end of the episode. I want to give a special thanks to Andy Valentine on Fiverr for the music and Instagram user Lenovato for the podcast art. Both of their information will be linked in the show notes. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Grace. And if you like this podcast and want more Twilight content, follow me on Twitter, at ChagrinPod, or on Instagram, also at ChagrinPod. And if you really like this podcast, share this with a friend who also loves Twilight, or a friend who hates it, because how else will they learn to love it? It Doesn't quite matter to me who you send it to, but send it out. Don't have any friends? That's okay you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts in hopes the stranger on the internet finds it. This has been my chagrin, and I'll see you next time.